I honestly am starting to get just the reality of the New Testament and why they spent so much time um, at the end of letters or at the beginning of letters greeting one another. It's because their hearts were fond of one another. It's because they loved being together and their hearts sometimes um, couldn't even express all of the ways that they desired to be together. And I, I think I'm starting to experience some of that. I mean, my heart is full this morning. Um, I love you all. I miss you all. And, and I hope that um, some way that this is a, a connection point for us to be the church where you are uh, gathered with your loved ones, you know, enjoying some good cups of coffee um, in your PJs, enjoying kind of this online gathering. And um, this morning we're going to begin Holy Week by celebrating Palm Sunday. And I'm going to be honest, this is not something that I've ever really studied that much or very extensively, but I'm so encouraged that this Palm Sunday helps us in this time. And um, my heart is full for a couple reasons. One is because of all this represents what Jesus has done for us. Two, because of all that this represents that Jesus is doing inside of us. I mean, Everywhere that I look and everywhere that I turn, uh, Jen and I just have this moment throughout the day, each and every day, just telling stories of the ways that you are loving and serving and encouraging one another. Um, it's something to behold. And um, even in these seasons of uncertainty and these seasons of shaking, it's sometimes in these moments that Jesus does His best and most beautiful work, and He is working among us. And I was on a Zoom call with uh, several pastors from Northeast Arkansas this week, and one of them said um, that most of his life he's been able to just function out of his competence or his gifts. And um, this was a season that he was having to learn how to walk functionally in dependence on the Holy Spirit. And um, that just resonated with me because I, I, don't, I don't think I'm unique in that. I think that all of us are walking through a new season where um, Maybe our roles and responsibilities haven't changed that much, but we're having to learn how to do those in a new way. But it's in those seasons, in those times, and in those new spaces that God loves to meet us um, and equip us. I also, just as I've also been interacting with a number of people, and I would in include myself in this camp, that fatigue and discouragement are settling in, right? I mean, this new normal is not something that we're used to, but it also um, is challenging us in ways that many of us have never faced before. And um, Aaron and I were talking this week uh, just as we passed each other in the office, making sure that we kept our social distance, um, and, and just talking about the need for faith and encouragement, right? Because the world is filled with bad news right now. Um, the world is longing for good news. Maybe one of the most increased and frequent Google searches happening right now is for good news. And that's not just because Aston Kutcher came out. Or, who was that guy? That, maybe that wasn't the right guy. Anyway, oh no, it was uh, the, the office guy. Anyway, um, people are longing for good news. People are longing to experience um, the good news. And the good news for us is that as the people of God, that we have the opportunity to proclaim and experience good news. Our confidence is as we walk through this new season and we experience new things, is that God is with us in 
in the new. We don't have to um, lean on our competency. We don't have to lean on our own experiences. We actually get to um, approach God and know the one that holds all things together and know that he is holding us together. And um, that's why I think it's so beautiful that we are beginning Holy Week at this time. I mean, Holy Week historically for the church has been a focal point that brings hope in the midst of the darkness. Now for us, most years it's just something that we celebrate and we get really excited about. But, but this year in particular, I think it can be a beacon for us to be able to begin to experience the nearness and the kindness and the peace and the mercy of God. We can have confidence as we enter Holy Week, just as the former church has in seasons of war and pestilence because of the fact that we know how the story ends. I love that first song that we sang. We're going to see a victory. And that really is the message of Palm Sunday, that we know how the story ends. And so this morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 21. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. And I love this for a couple of reasons. The first is it gives us this picture of the humble confidence of Jesus as he's marching into Jerusalem as our Savior, as our substitute, as our sin bearer, as our King. And What we're going to get to experience today is that the victory that we see Jesus anticipating and walking into is our actual victory. Victory belongs to us as the people of God. Now we're going to experience that as we look at Matthew chapter 21. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. It says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied, a colt with her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say to them, the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put down and put on them cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, Others cut branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. This is the victory for all of God's people. Would you pray for me? God, I pray that in these moments as we encounter you, that you would allow us to enter into this victory that you have won on our behalf. I pray that right now, through this victory, you specifically would bring freedom and peace, especially in the arena of fear and anxiety. 
um, where weariness and discouragement are present, I pray that you would bring your victory to bear. We collectively come, even though we're scattered as your people together, we rally around your word. We rally around who you are. We want so much to enter into this song where we sing Hosanna in the highest. Lord, let us enter into this victory and make, make a real difference in the things that we're facing today and in the coming week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I don't know what your Bible says, but as I look at Matthew chapter 21, the, ch- the beginning of it, the, the overarching title is the triumphal entry. And what this I think they name this aptly and correctly because this passage in particular is all about the triumph of Jesus on our behalf. Everything that comes after this in the book of Matthew, and honestly, everything that happens um, for the rest of our lives after this point is the victory of Jesus. Now, most of the time, I've heard accounts about the triumphal entry and Palm Sunday, and it kind of focuses on the fickleness of the crowd, the crowd that is praising God and praising Jesus on Sunday, and then somehow by Friday, they're shouting out, crucify him, crucify him. Now, I'm certain that you could make some kinds of application to that. But this isn't the main point of the story because we're not the main point of the story. The main point of the story is who is taking center stage in this account, and this is our King Jesus. This is about the humble confidence of our Savior to walk in our place and to bring victory on our behalf. And that brings me to my first point. Jesus invites us to experience his victory now. And that word now is very key, right? This isn't just an event that took place in Palestine thousands of years ago. This isn't just something that we get to experience in eternity one day. This is something that we can walk in, and this is something that we are meant to live in right now. The victory that Jesus won on our behalf is our victory. This is Jesus's victory parade on our behalf. Now, it may seem a little distant. It may seem a little far off. Jesus kind of riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, but this is a a picture of the salvation of the Lord. And the crowd was going absolutely bonkers and absolutely nuts, singing, Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. They literally are crying out for Jesus to save them. This is his victory parade. This is our victory parade. Now, I have loved over the years to take my kids to Disney World Um, And at the end of each and every day, there is a parade, there is a fireworks display, and it's in those moments where I actually have to um, fight off the vendors. I mean, you know, as we're trying to eat the world's most expensive ice cream, I mean, they have these vendors that are coming around kind of selling glow-in-the-dark roses and a Buzz Lightyear that'll spin up in the air, right? I mean, and I'm going to be honest, because I'm absolutely a sucker for these moments, <laughs> like, because I want everything to be just right. I want to be able to kind of enjoy the culmination of the day. And, 
you know, that's what a parade is most of the time in the New Testament. It's something that, that celebrates a victory that's already after the battle has been won. But Jesus' victory parade and our victory parade comes before, right? And so what that means for us is that victory and salvation is certain and sure. His victory parade is our victory parade. And as we see his humble confidence, as he's riding in on a donkey, his facing, I mean, sometimes it's portrayed as if Jesus somehow accidentally gets himself crucified. You know, as if he just stumbles on and is kind of the Roman government mistakes him for an insurrectionist. But this is a loud statement that Jesus tells two disciples to go and to get a donkey. Now, I don't know how that would work in your neighborhood, but in my neighborhood, that's not going to go down very well. But Jesus does his best Jedi mind trick. And, I mean, he honestly says, hey, just tell him that the master needs these donkeys, or this donkey and this colt. And, and Jesus rides in. And this is a theological statement that Jesus is making. It points the people back to the book of Zechariah that is a promise of the salvation of the Lord. The reason why everyone was so excited was because of what this represented. To us, it just kind of seems like, yeah, I mean, he's riding a donkey. I mean, maybe he couldn't find anything else. But this was a picture of the salvation of the Lord. And it points us back to the book of Zechariah. And basically, Jesus is saying, all of your hopes, all of your dreams all of your desires, I am here now to fulfill them. All throughout the Gospels, Jesus had kind of stayed away from the crowds. All of the time, Jesus had not publicly gone up to the feast to celebrate, but this was his big entrance because he was sure and certain that his hour had come, that he had come to bring salvation. Now, the people that were witnessing this parade absolutely knew what this represented. Jesus' opponents were furious when they saw Jesus riding in on a donkey, and um, for the original hearers, they would have probably heard this a little different than us. And so I thought it would be helpful for us to just look at this promise from the book of Zechariah, all that this victory represents for the people. This is why the crowd was going crazy. Zechariah chapter 9, I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on the colt, on the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Earth, And what we see in Zechariah 9 is this is an absolute picture of the peace and the reign and the salvation of our King. It's about our warfare being ended. It's about the bow being cut off. It's about the war horse being put down. It's this picture of a King and a kingdom of peace that this Messiah is ushering in whom we know is Jesus. And what Jesus is saying through Palm Sunday for for us today is that the peace that he comes to bring is ours. Jesus 
Jesus brings us peace by defeating all of our enemies. This is a picture of Jesus being Lord. Jesus being Lord over the coronavirus. This is a picture of Jesus being Lord over sickness and death. This is a picture of Jesus winning peace on our behalf. I've been meditating off and on just on Matthew or um, John chapter 16 where Jesus says, My peace I give to you. It's not something that we have to earn. It's not something that we have to merit or work for. But it's something that He gives to us. And I think it's important for us to understand how peace works. First of all, it has to be objective. That means it has to be outside of us. Most of us want to judge peace or how we're doing or how we're feeling by our emotions. But the true peace that we have... um, internally and subjectively can only come as we consider what's happening outside of us. Now, I would just kind of, man, think about this logically. Like if there was a, you know, if there was a war-torn area, I mean, someone could just say to you, hey, you should have peace right now. But the only way that you can actually have peace in the middle of the battle is that someone clears away all of the enemies. And that's what Zechariah 9 is talking about. We have peace with God. Warfare is over. And what's so beautiful is that Jesus actually brings peace by defeating all of our enemies. He makes his enemies into his friends and he makes his enemies into sons and daughters. He triumphs over everything. The good news of all of this is that Jesus Christ is our victory. Jesus has won on our behalf. The powers of darkness will not win the day. I love that Hebrews chapter 2 says that Jesus even removes the fear of death. It says in Hebrews chapter 2 that we are held by the slavery of the fear of death. And honestly, I think as I look on social media and I honestly hear accounts of things that are going on around the world, that one of the things that, that grips me and I know that grips other people is the fear of death. The reason that we can have confidence in moments like these, even though all the news around us is bad, is because Jesus Christ removes the fear of death He triumphs over our enemies and brings us peace through His death. He tasted death on our behalf. Although our experience can feel like a yo-yo at times, our peace never moves because our peace is in a person. Our peace is seated at the right hand of the Father. We are caught up right now in a kingdom of peace. We get to receive that peace because we have peace with God. But then in that, we can receive peace from God for our current circumstances. Most of my prayer life right now has consisted on taking all of the things that I am anxious about and all of the things that I'm afraid and informing them by this idea that I have peace with God. Right? And that's what he invites us to do in the midst of the turmoil and in the midst of the storm is realize that we've been caught up in a kingdom of peace. And that peace that Jesus has given to us, we get to give to one another and we get to give to the world. 
What they did in Matthew chapter 21 is they, they took palm branches, which was a symbol of victory, and they laid them at the feet of Jesus. And what Palm Sunday is all about for us this morning is taking the palm branches of our lives. You don't have to go out into your yard and cut down a tree branch, but there are things, right, that right now represent the battle, right? It could be your finances, it could be strained relationships at home. It could be uncertainty over the future. And we're meant to take those things and lay them at the victory, at the feet of Jesus. That's a symbol of what he came to do. He came to bring us peace. But not only peace in the midst of the storm and not only peace with God, but he also gives us hope. Look at Zechariah chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. It says, As for you also... Because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoner of hope. Today I declare to you that I will restore double. And so not only does God himself give us peace, but he also gives us um, freedom. Brings me to my final point. Jesus transforms us from prisoners of despair to prisoners of hope. And this is because of the blood of his covenant. This is a picture that's looking forward to the cross. Now, um, this idea of a waterless pit, it makes me think of Joseph in the Old Testament. I mean, his brothers took him and he kind of just put him into this pit. It's a place he couldn't escape from, right? And, and most of us, if we're honest, we feel like we're in a pit in this time, right? I mean, we are constrained, our freedoms, we can't enjoy them the same way that we've wanted to. Um, we can feel like that we are captive in these moments. But what this promises is, because of Jesus's victory, parade on our behalf, we move and we're transformed from captives of despair and discouragement. And it says even in the New Testament that Jesus came to set the captives free, that freedom is the place that we're meant to walk in. He moves us from being a a, a captive to despair to a prisoner of hope. We're constrained now because of the work of Jesus to hope. Right? It doesn't mean that difficult things won't happen. But what we get to experience in these moments is the fact that God is with us and that God is for us. We're constrained by hope. And hope does a couple of things. Hope always looks to the promises of God. That's exactly what the people in Matthew chapter 21 were doing. They were anchoring their life on the, the written word of God. They were allowing themselves to be formed and shaped by the character and the nature of God. So hope looks backwards, but hope also begins to look forward, right? I mean, they were basically crying out in these moments for God to come in and save. Hosanna, the word that they were saying, literally means, oh, save. So this, the way that hope becomes a reality for us is worship, Worship is the pathway for victory. The only way that we can move from being captives of despair and discouragement and captives to the reality of our own sin is to move forward in a life of singing and a life of joy and a life of worship. Worship is the pathway to victory. This week, I mean, 
worship has always been something that's deeply meaningful to me. But there, there are times in the, over the last several weeks where I've just realized I deeply need worship. I deeply need to move away from my own current experience. I need to move away from the bad news of the world. And I need to move towards the hope of the resurrection of Jesus. That his victory is my victory. I mean, I've had it on repeat. Uh, There's a new release from uh, a church in Nashville called the Church of the City. And it's basically sings about that I am going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I have just been singing that over and over. Worship is where we move away from our feelings to hope becoming the anchor of our lives. And I want to give you this because we're going to end with this. I want you to find yourself in this picture. So we move from this idea of the promises of God to the hope of the future Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. Notice where all of this is headed. We are all in this photo. And crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb and to all the angels who were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, you are in this photograph, right? Most of the time when we get a photograph, we're instantly looking for where we are in the photo. Well, where all of us are in this photo is with palm branches in our hands, continuing to sing the song of the victory of the Lamb. We're singing about the events of these days where He has kept us, where He has given us peace. We're singing about the freedom that He's brought to our lives as He's freed us from our sin and He's freed us from death. And we get to sing this song over and over again that salvation belongs to our God. And I love the fact that um, there's no social distancing in this picture, right? We're all around the throne singing over and over, worthy is the Lamb. That's where all of this is headed. That's what we are celebrating today on Palm Sunday, that His victory is our victory. So I just want to encourage you, as you go about Holy Week this week, that victory is ours, right? No matter how paradoxical it looks, everything that we get to experience after this triumphal entry of Jesus is our victory. He has peace for us. He has freedom for us. He has life for us, even through His death. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just the fact that victory belongs to us. Thank you that we can approach you with confidence and joy, knowing that victory is ours. I pray that that victory would make a real difference for every person that's listening right now. 
that we would enthrone you as Lord, that we would sing our own Hosanna song. Oh, save us. Save us from the real things that we're going through. Save us from our own weaknesses. Save us from our own fears. Help us to focus on a spot that's greater than all of our fears. Help us to focus on who you are and what you've done. We actively give you control of our lives and we rest in who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, as we head into a time of communion, I want to give you a moment to uh, go grab those elements if you haven't yet. But um, as we're learning new rhythms and learning new things, uh, we do think it's important to continue some of these things like passing the peace, like communion, um, like worshiping together at home, even though it's not in our normal setting. And so... Um, Grab you some form of bread and some form of uh, drink. And um, as we head into that, the part of the bread that I think of that has uh, hit me most this week is uh, Jesus saying, this is my body broken for you. And it seems like uh, the cuteness of social distancing is starting to wear itself off. Um, it's not... Uh, fun little retreat from life anymore uh it's starting to get pretty annoying and uh as i am in more context and having more conversations there are real impacts that not being able to be together and experience this victory that we've just talked about i'm glad chad mentioned at the very last uh, uh passage in this in revelation there's there's a crowd gathered. It is a huge mass of people gathered, and you could not be more opposite than what we're experiencing right now as a society. And um, I'm having conversations with couples who are looking at marriages where uh, the, you know, any couple, especially uh, any girl, they dream of having their big. Uh, fairy tale wedding and right now that is being interrupted that stuff is in the air there are couples that are uh, pregnant and having children and mom is having to be in a cold doctor's office alone while dad sits in the car uh, out in the parking lot unable to uh, hear those heartbeats for the first time or, or see those pictures for the first time there are sicknesses and children families in the hospital who only they have to draw straws for which parent gets to go sit with their kid um, and so the, that's real pain it's real brokenness and so in a Palm Sunday as we are walking into what feels like uh, some drudgery and some despair we get to experience one of my favorite truths of the gospel and it's that we know how this all ends and it ends in victory it ends if you want to take your bread it ends with Jesus who was seated in victory he wasn't required to come down and meet our needs. Uh, he wasn't forced to come uh, experience brokenness or experience pain, but he chose to do that for us. The fall wasn't how it was supposed to be. We see how Jesus, uh, how God created all things and it was 
perfect. We were walking with him in the cool of the day. We were all together. And so, uh, but the fall is where all is broken. And so communion is Jesus coming to us and saying, I'm not going to just sit and experience my wholeness. I'm not going to just hold this victory for myself and sit at the right hand of the Father for myself, but I'm going to come and break it for you so that you can experience the brokenness or so that you can experience the wholeness with God. So in that fellowship, take this bread and eat in remembrance of him. Communion isn't just about Jesus coming and um, making a, a, a broken situation whole, which thank goodness it is. I'm, I'm thankful that um, it's not just about Jesus getting some big win, uh, that we do get to see his big victory parade coming into Jerusalem where Jesus is glorified. But he's not just satisfied with that, but in the blood, he reminds us that he wants it to be something that we are involved in. He knows that this isn't this invitation in the new heaven and the new earth and this new kingdom that he is creating, the, the new kingdom that he's victoriously marching in uh, on this Palm Sunday, that that doesn't happen without us being covered. There's nothing that you and I can do to... Uh, earn our way in. I don't know about you, but this week, um, I don't know if it's just exhaustion or um, monotony or whatever it is, but there are so many places where I see I've missed the mark, where I personally feel like I am not thriving. I don't know anyone right now who feels like they're just killing it in the middle of all these circumstances, and yet Jesus is fully aware of all of our failures, whether it's uh, this morning trying to wrangle the kids and uh, open up a laptop, or it's this whole past week, or the stuff that you're anticipating in the coming week. Jesus knows all that, and he has met it. And in that, uh, he is that sacrificial lamb that we needed to get our way, for him to seal our way, for him to invite us in to the victory that he is experiencing in this victory. And so in that fellowship, take this and drink. Let me pray. Lord, I just thank you that in the midst of history, people of God have had to learn to trust and hope in your victory in the middle of much more dire circumstances than what we're experiencing now. A Palm Sunday that has a shadow of pain is nothing new to the church of God. And it's nothing that you aren't fully prepared to meet and to carry into victory. I thank you that as the people of God, we can proclaim hope above all else. Where we 
feel stir crazy, we know that we get to experience an eternity of joy and life with you. I thank you that the pathway to victory is through worship, as Chad said, and that, Lord, I pray that you will help us fix our eyes on the one worth worshiping. What we don't need are just better distractions or more entertainment, but that we will fix our eyes on you, O oh God. We can worship, be excited for who you are, even now in the midst of what we're experiencing. Show us right now what that might be. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us in our brokenness and covering us with your blood and fulfilling us with the Holy Spirit. Give us the bit, the ability to experience joy that does not make sense, to give off joy and hope that truly takes a miracle to do. Thank you for that victory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as we head in uh, to our benediction, uh, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. Um, we're going to continue doing this for uh, the next little while at least. And uh, Anyway, there are a few announcements that we have. I just want to remind you, um, we have our prayer meeting that is coming. That's going to be Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, we're going to be doing that via Zoom this week. If you would like the link to join on to that, just private message us in any of our social media or you can email Aaron at Aaron at fellowship.com, fellowshipjonesboro.com. Um, and so we can get you that, that private link as well if you would like to join in with that. And I just want to remind our f- church family of uh, some of the things going on. We uh, There are needs still going on. Uh, our uh, Holly Huckabee is currently in the hospital. She was admitted a couple days ago. Um, has low potassium. They're still running some tests, but uh, uh, just praying for peace for them and and uh, just some answers. And uh, we are all united praying for them. And there are kids uh, right now experiencing hospital stays. We have the, the uh, Fords with Cassie and Ellie are, are there now. Uh, just be praying for them that uh, I think they're expected to come home today, thank God, but uh, just want to continue praying together as a family and the Overlees as well. Uh, with their little one uh, doing well, but uh, just not a fun time to be in the hospital. So let's unite around them more than ever. Uh, use the comments. Use use the technology that we have to rally around one another in prayer. Share those needs and be the church. And so, with that, we are going to do our benediction. Uh, if you do that with me. Uh, May we, the church, go out and be to our city people who love others as our highest calling. May we break down barriers of division because all people matter to God. May we trust his grace and and freely give it to others, for it's only through grace we can change. May we use the gifts and skills God has given us to magnify his beauty and wonder in our church and our city. And may we live as a part of God's story as his gospel is making all things new. Awesome. Y'all have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.